0: Hey, I'm Jason Wood, the VA Loan Guy and host of the Armed and Ready podcast. Please come and check out this exciting episode we have for you. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Armed and Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Wood, the VA loan guy, and we're down in Imperial Beach today at Trident Coffee, visiting our good friend, Eric Johnson. How you doing, brother?
1: Good, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to have you guys down here.
0: Oh, man. So we came down here about a year ago mm-hmm. before COVID happened, and, and we went outside and you know, had the ocean in the background and stuff, um, but it's been a year, and I know growth has been awesome for you guys, and um, Trident Coffee is a veteran-owned business, and you know, there's a cool story behind what you guys are doing. So um, as we do, just kind of share with our audience who maybe haven't heard the first episode, Mm -hmm. give us the the short version of kind of your your military past and and where you're at today.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I I started out, uh, I wanted to be a pilot in the Navy. Eyes were messed up and so I had to switch designation. So I ended up going to the Civil Engineer Corps uh, with my engineering background and loved it. Got to deploy over the world. Four deployments, five years, Israel, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan. And the cool thing about what I saw with coffee and tea was, you know, you'd always sit down and have coffee and tea with the local uh, nationals before every meeting. And so it was just a way for them to gauge you, us to gauge them, and it was a really kind of communal experience, and I really loved that it ended up being like a bridge between us. And uh, you can sit down and have a great conversations with them over that, and it's, it's, it's a different experience than when you come here in the States and it's like everyone's a caffeine junkie, they want their monster or they want to drive through Starbucks or whatever, And being from San Diego, uh, seeing how the craft beer industry developed and created this really good community-based beverage, uh, we wanted to do the same thing with our Nitro Cold Brew. Um, I was always more into health and wellness, so the cold brew has more caffeine, less acidity, easier on your stomach, has some more health benefits than normal hot coffee. And so we're kind of taking all these kind of nice concepts between health and wellness, community-based, what the San Diego beer beer industry has offered us, and then kind of combining it into this new kind of concept. So we're the only ones that kind of do this, which has been really fun to see. Um, And so as we're growing this, we're looking to add more tasting rooms and more distribution around San Diego. So, But my background in the military was amazing to see what coffee can do for relationships and building communities and building connections with people.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, like, how many get-togethers are over coffee, right? I mean, at least here in the States. So Mm -hmm. foreign countries might be tea or whatever, but, um, I mean, just... Just business to business, it's always like, hey, let's grab a coffee, let's talk, right? Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, it totally is a communal thing um, and probably a little more business um, acceptable than, you know, having a beer at first you know, thing the, in the, the morning. Yeah, <laughs> afternoons, uh, the happy hour is
1: always still, it's still a thing. And I think that's why the beer is done so well by yeah. creating that. But, yeah, coffee is, is one of those things that you have in an early morning meeting. You know, you know, most people don't want to be drinking around 10 a.m. for certain things, but coffee has a nice bridge to kind of have the – the, the business relationships, but first dates happen on coffee, you know, business relationships happen on coffee. All these things kind of come together uh, to create these relationships and, and build people and bind them together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, so you guys
1: have – how long have you guys been in business now for, with Trident? We're coming up on four years right now. So okay. September will be our fourth year. Um, and so we, we've had this kind of hybrid concept where we have our retail stores with our tap rooms. And then we have uh, our distribution, as you can see behind us, all the cans. That we distribute to over like 600, 800 stores in Southern California and Texas.
0: Nice, nice. What stores in uh, Southern California are you guys in?
1: Um, so we uh, just got into Sprouts nationwide, um, Gelson's, Bonies, Jimbo's, um, a lot of the local independent grocery chains, Fraser Farms, Valley Farms. And uh, we're working more our way up into L.A. right now with uh, signing a new distribution contract uh, back in May. Nice. And so we're going to be hopefully approaching a thousand stores here by the end of the year.
0: Oh, that's exciting. Have you guys got uh, connected with any, like, the base exchanges or anything like
1: that? Yeah, luckily we had a, a great relationship with our distributor that got us into the Navy exchanges here in San Diego. Absolutely. And by far our best customer. Nice. <laughs> we go through a lot of cold brew at the Navy exchange, which you, is great.
0: Yeah, no, I remember my days in the military. As much coffee as you could get your hands on. Absolutely. Because um, the, oh, the hurry up and wait, man, the waiting was energy draining.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and so, you know, you... you I would see um, guys that we worked with, you know, would go and grab a monster, a large monster, not the zero sugar one either, and have like two of those a day. And so I'm like, in my head, that's like 240 grams of carbs, all sugar. And so the health side of what we want to try to do is, is changing people to think about more of health and longevity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, type 2 diabetes is probably one of the, the biggest causes of long-term inflammation and health issues that people are having, and especially with veterans that have PTSD and, and potentially brain, traumatic brain injuries, um, a lot of stuff's coming out now with having a high-sugar, high-carbohydrate diet is actually really impacting how they recover their brain inflammation to get back to normal. So I've been doing keto for, for a while now, focusing a lot on high carb, good healthy fats, or sorry, high protein, health, good healthy fats, minimal carbs. And I've noticed a big difference in my mental and cognitive performance as well. And that's you know case by case, but um, it works for me. Uh, so yeah. Well, really there's a lot of
0: science it. behind that in in the whole health industry, right? With the high fats, lower carbs, because you get you get the the caloric intake that you need mm-hmm. for your brain to function and everything yeah. else to work, right? From these healthy fats. So that's kind of why like the keto thing
1: is effective, mm-hmm. right? And the the biggest thing too is like with anything, uh, food quality does matter. You can't just, I can't just eat bacon all day every day and think it's going to be fine. The quality of the food that you bring in as well. Um, so. With that, having good, healthy fats, good, healthy protein, minimal carbs, your body can use those fats for fuel and use ketones for fuel. And that has a big impact on inflammation, which is from, you know, as people are starting to figure out, probably the number one cause of systemic health issues around is just constant inflammation, systemic inflammation in the body and, and brain.
0: Yeah. No, I read, my doctor made me read a book years ago called the, uh, the anti-inflammatory zone. Mm. Um, big, thick, not an easy read. I think it was, uh, I think it was the guy, at the, I think Dr. Sears is the name of the doctor who made the oh, Atkins yep. diet, right? Yep. So he wrote that book. Um, and not being a medical guy, it was hard to get mm-hmm. through. But what's interesting is, you know, what you mentioned is inflammation. When you start breaking down um, diseases and injuries and cancers and things of that nature, like it starts boiling down to inflammation in different spots, right, in your, in your body. And then, you know, over time, mm-hmm. it creates an issue. Um, so, yeah, it goes into a lot of the science behind that. So it's really cool that you've kind of dovetailed that into – you know, the the why behind Mm -hmm. behind you guys making your coffee. Um, So tell me a little bit, you know, from like the health benefits side and like the quality side, I know you guys have like super high quality ingredients and things in here, um, but walk me through a
1: little bit of, you know, the the science behind your guys' stuff. Yeah, the biggest thing, we made a big push to uh, get organic coffees in. So uh, coffee for the most part is one of the most fumigated crops in the world. Uh, and so, by having organic, you don't have the pesticides and some of these other things that are impacting the overall quality. One of the best things about the cold brew is that you're going to have uh, more flavor, more of the caffeine, but a lot less of the acidity. We're about 70% to 100% less acidic than a hot trip espresso based coffee. And so, with that, cancer loves acidic environments. And so, if we can kind of bring our blood and our body more alkaline, it's going to help uh, kind of some longevity pieces and kind of be preventing certain cancers from kind of coming up. And so, seeing how, you know, the military for the most part, it's, you know, we, we work so much on fitness. We don't do the great as job of like on the fuel health and eating side. Cause right. it's like, Oh, you can hear, here's your, here's your Rippets. Here's your Red Bull. Here's your MRE. Here's all these other things that are so sugar based um, that we just get accustomed and get kind of addicted to it. And so with what our approach is, we're really focused more on these keto aspects and with our MCT oil, with our collagen protein with uh, the organics uh, certification that we have for our coffees, all those things kind of make a cleaner quality fuel instead of a, a coffee that is probably burnt to a crisp in a roaster that's mass-produced, um, it's not organic, so it's got pesticides in there, uh, and then you're loading up with milk, cream, or sugar just to try to make it taste good, you're really setting yourself up for failure because, yes, the coffee tastes good, but at 400 to 500 calories of sugar and milk and dairy, um, that's causing some more inflammation in your body as well. So 100%. with this approach, we can kind of really educate people on why this this style of coffee is so much better for you in the long term with some of the health benefits.
0: Tell me a little bit about like like the business side. How has it been, you know, starting a business, you know, four years ago? And then, you know, kind of fast forward to where you were today. I mean, when you guys got this whole thing going and started, I mean, I'm sure it was, you know, super small scale. Was this... Like part of your transition plan, was this in your head, like when you're getting out of the military, like something you knew you wanted to do? Or how did you kind of stumble into doing this?
1: I think the biggest thing is when uh, I finished my third deployment in Iraq and I came back and I was talking to my detailers like, hey, I I just want to stay in San Diego. You know, I'm born and raised here. I just bought a house. I want to just be here for a little bit. Like all we have for you is Guam or Japan. So it's like, okay, that's not really where I want to go right now. And so I made the decision about a year out. uh, I was going to transition out of uh, active duty. And I started coming up with ideas of what I wanted to do, either run a gym, health and wellness, or kind of create a coffee business. And so I had about a year kind of planning, but then I went on my last appointment and came back and had about three months before I got out. And then I started grad school right away. So it kind of slowly morphed into the timing of it all. But I knew I just wanted to be my own boss for a certain period of time. I wanted to give it a go. I was, you know, 29, 30 years old. I had the opportunity to do it, so I wanted to take it. And so, but starting a business, being an entrepreneur is probably one of the most challenging things because on a deployment, you know, you maybe have six to twelve months, and it's a grind. You know, it's long days, poor, you know, poor sleep, and it's you're in living in a tent somewhere. Um, But this has been, you know, three four years of sustained energy of putting stuff forward because it takes so much momentum, so much resources to get it to grow. I've learned a whole lot. Uh, and I'm continuing to learn a whole lot, which has been amazing, but I just wanted to take the risk and start this for myself, start this and it's, I wouldn't change it for the world. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And I think like, you know, kind of the passion behind having your own business just continues to fuel you, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and keep you like pushing forward, driving forward, like reaching, reaching that next goal, striving for the next level, you know? Um, I mean, I certainly noticed that like in my business and that's part of what fuels me. Right. And then you come in and you got your team and you're like, okay, like I got to turn it on today. Mm-hmm. I got all these people, you know? Um, payroll so, is
1: a very scary thing. It's, when you look and you're like, oh my God, I'm responsible for so many people. Cause in the military, you're like, all right, everyone's paid separately to whatever. You don't have to worry. Just like try to take care of them as best you can take care of their personal lives and whatnot. But when you, when it's actually coming out from your thing and it's like payroll, you're like, Holy crap. I'm responsible, really responsible. for People's now live it. So I gotta, I gotta bring them a game. What's
0: been one of the biggest challenges you guys have had to overcome?
1: I, I think we, we, brought together a pretty complex business model with uh, retail front, with distribution, with online, um, with multiple canned products. With, it's, it's not like we just started a, a cold brew company and we just bring in one coffee, we, we don't really care about it, we roast it and we do, you know, that's pretty uh, repeatable, but we've, we've added a really a lot of complexity to it and so we're, and we didn't know anything starting out. Like we had no brewing experience, we had no roasting experience, we had nothing. So we've learned this kind of on the fly and we're still learning. Um, And so that's been, I think, the biggest challenge is coming into a space of, like, ambiguity and unknown and finding and charting our own path. Uh, So that has been very exciting, but certain times it's just so frustrating because it's like, all right, well, we don't know. There's no one to really look at to guide us. Uh, There's no other companies like, oh, yeah, this is a cold brew company who's done this five years ago, and here's how they do it. Um, So there's this unique space where you get to go in, but you get to create, you get to craft, you get to explore, Um, And so I think that's what makes it fun for me is there's always a challenge. Um, Every single day you wake up and there's text messages of things that are, you know, maybe not going so super smooth and you just problem solve. Um, So that's been, I think, the most interesting part of growth is that we're still in this unknown space. uh, And we're we're kind of carving our way and and exploring our way through through the unknown.
0: What's what's next on the horizon? You guys are in Southern California. You're in Texas Mm -hmm. a little bit. Where's um, where's your your growth focus? Where are you headed
1: next? So we we really want to stay heavily present here in Southern California. It's it's kind of like the bread and butter of uh, what we want to do. A lot of health and wellness happens here. And so we want to continue to expand and grow inside uh, San Diego, Orange County, Los Angeles uh, with tasting rooms. And then continue also our distribution footprint in Southern California, then the Southwest, and then kind of pick little pockets that – understand cold brew, understand health and wellness a little bit better, and then we can kind of grow from there. So from, you know, five to seven year plan, um, multiple tasting rooms and increased distribution to multiple states, which would be really fun. So we got our first go with Sprouts Nationwide. That's kicking off this month. Nice. And so that's 300 stores So we're really excited to see. And that's kind of our first test of how to take this and then continue to scale it.
0: Well, that's, that's really kind of a cool thing, right? Like, so you got this national chain that's going to take you on. What kind of stress does that put on the business now?
1: Uh, It's one of those things where it's new and uh, known. And so the team's been amazing. Um, My job now is just to provide them the resources they need to get the job done. Um, So I've, you know, taken as the day-to-day operator, you know, trying to get it to more of this operator owner type thing where my job is to make sure my team has everything they need to do the job and do it well. And, you know, that, that is a learning curve as well with uh, figuring all those parts and pieces, putting policies, procedures, um, SOPs in place. Um, and so that's been the fun part of growing. But the we're excited about the Sprouts thing. It's it's a challenge. And so far, we're, we're rising up to the occasion, which has been great to see.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I'm sure you guys need, like, space and people mm-hmm. and equipment
1: and all that stuff, right? I mean, as growth happens, you got to grow in all those spots, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so we just bought new equipment, new tanks, obviously inventory. We have, we're hiring now. So the growth is good and you can kind of see um, but it's just like trying to find the right people that fit inside our kind of the culture we're trying to develop. That's the biggest thing that I talk with the team about is, hey, it's not always gonna be perfect. It may not always be fun. There's always gonna be some things that happen, but if we are in this together and we create this culture of uh, family and team, then we're gonna be, we're gonna be okay. And so it's just kind of clearly exciting that because again, you know from military background, culture is everything. You know, a new new commander comes in, changes things up, and then, you know, the kind of culture kind of crashes and the climate, the day-to-day stuff. So there's so many things of focus on building the business outside of, you know, the finances, the accounting, the operations, the um, logistics. When you get into the culture-building aspect of what what you want to turn it into, that's the most mentally exhausting. Because if you don't do it day-to-day-to-day and for the long haul, it just goes away.
0: Yeah. Well, and... And, and turnovers a heavy price to pay, right? Mm. People leave or, or whatever, and that, you know, as like the leader of the organization, that that can sting a little bit, right? Because you're like, okay, what did I didn't, what didn't I do right, right? What was wrong with the culture? What did I not, you know, whatever? Like, and all those things are kind of running through your head. So, the culture piece is critical mm-hmm. um, to having that success. Um, so, you guys obviously employ some veterans mm-hmm. as well, um, and as the employer now having you know that military background, as you're hiring and Interviewing candidates and stuff like that. Um, does that military background stick out to you when you're when you're when you're looking at people that are applying for jobs? And um, I don't know. How, how does that kind of influence you at all?
1: Um, it's definitely one of those things not nice about having some sort of common commonality with the applicant. Um, and then from there, it's like, all right, um, from a culture standpoint and from a work ethic standpoint, we can we can teach you the coffee process. We can teach you, um, you know, our operations, our our procedures. But we really want to make sure the, from a cultural standpoint and a personality standpoint, they're going kind to of fit into the organization. But the fact that they have you know, military service at least lets me know that they're willing to work hard, they're willing to be part of a team. And so that's always a nice kind of comforting fact. And then we kind of make that assessment as we meet them and kind of work with them and you know, maybe do some working interviews and things of that nature and see how they respond. But it's, you know, the common thing about the military is that people always have been part of something bigger than themselves. Right. which is, an, I mean, that's such an amazing, uh, skill set to have is the willingness to be part of a team and work towards a common goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really critical. Um, what's been some of the most fun that you guys have had now you, I mean, this has been a ride, right? Yeah. I mean, so, so what's, what's been something that's been
1: pretty fun. Uh, I mean, so we're, we're starting to, to branch out and do some more, um, uh, community based events. So like some, uh, some golf tournaments for local charities, um, uh, events out in the community for fitness-related things, and so I think the the most fun that I've at least had is when you go out there and you experience your brand being enjoyed and loved by others. That's um, something that you know you, you put a lot of your heart and soul and effort into, and then when you can see that it's bringing people joy and it's making the, their quality of life better. I mean, that to me is is such an amazing thing um, because you know as you go through this this journey, you know you have enough adrenaline to get you through so much right and then right. your adrenaline drops and then you know it's, it's harder to carry on and so finding those small victories you get a nice little dopamine hit that can overcome that drop in adrenaline and norepinephrine so it's kind of cool to see where you have this journey and you just take those small victories when you can I was pretty bad at, it at the beginning uh, but now I can kind of take a deep breath and kind of see hey, look how far we've come you know, this is not, we're not, I'm not trying to get to the destination. I'm trying to enjoy this journey. And so, whenever there's those little small victories, just get that little dopamine hit, enjoy it with the team, celebrate, and then keep moving forward. And so, that's the hard part is that um, taking a stop, breath, and enjoy the view. Because again, this everyone's on their own journey, life's a journey. Right. Um, so, if we don't kind of stop to enjoy it, we're always trying to focus on, hey, I need to get to this end destination. When I get, once I get to the end destination, I'll be happy. I think that's the wrong mindset. It's going to set a lot of people up for failure because you see a lot of people who are super successful, um, you know, maybe may end up committing suicide because once they get to that end and spot their goal, there's nothing else left. You right. know, they've, they've lost that, that passion, that drive because of, Hey, I made it. And then this is not what I thought it was. And that's it's it. Yeah. That's so really good
0: advice. it's, it's, it's a journey. It is a journey. So tell us a little bit about some coffee. We got, um, we have 14, 14- different brews now?
1: Yeah. So we're up to about 14 on tap right now. Uh, and so they're sourced from all over the world. Uh, and each of them has their own unique story. So the El Capitan you're drinking right now is sourced from Guatemala. Uh, and it's a, um, a tribute to Cabrillo, who's credited for finding San Diego. Like uh, the Western Spanish man who came up and, and founded San Diego. Yeah. And so what's um, what's cool about that is the every coffee has a, a symbol behind it. So that is the ship's helm is our El Capitan theme. So our El Capitan is based on ownership, and so the symbol there is the um, ship's helm. So when you're the captain of your ship, you're taking the helm, and you're owning that whole environment. You're the the crew, the journey, the destination, all that stuff. So by taking ownership of your day-to-day life, it just gives you so much more power, um, and then you're fully responsible for everything. So that's kind of one of the things that there's always these little lessons to learn that if you can teach people about taking ownership of their day, being accountable for their day-to-day life, everything just works out a little bit better. And another one we have is called Stoic Bond, which is about stoicism. So it's uh, in um, namesake for Admiral James Bond Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for seven years, hmm. ended up receiving the Medal of Honor for his actions in the Hanoi Hilton for um, basically having the, keep, keeping the camaraderie of all the prisoners, prisoners of war and keeping their morale up as best they could because they were almost pretty much forgotten like people didn't know if they were dead or alive. And so with, you know, that stoic mentality of being brutally honest with your situation, but having the endurance and the will to carry on, even in the most extreme uh, circumstances, uh, I'm a big fan of stoicism. And so we want to make, kind of like help teach people along the way that there's these things core, things of life that you can kind of embody. It's going to make life easier. Life is just hard, but we can own a lot of that and make it, as tolerable as possible. It's not always going to be perfect or beautiful. We all, we've all dealt with loss. We've all dealt with very difficult times, but when you take ownership of your emotions and your thoughts, your feelings, it just, you're able to manage it a lot better and hopefully be a source of strength for those who are around you as well. That might be suffering too.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Do your, not all your coffees have some sort of like tie
1: like that. Um, whether, you know, like some kind of story that is connected to it, yeah, all of them have, uh, they're normally sourced from a certain region, uh, and then that region kind of ties into the, um, the, the story, the symbol, and the theme. And so with uh, like our island hopper, uh, most of them are either very nautical-based and some are military background-based as well. Our island hopper is from Papua New Guinea. It's an organic coffee there, and that's the furthest south the Japanese Imperial Army and Navy were able to get through during World War II Then from that point, the allies were able to kind of turn on the island hopping campaign, leapfrog campaign, and push the Japanese Imperial Army Navy back towards the mainland of Japan. That lasted for two to three years until, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, But that uh, strategy piece of what the island hopping campaign was, they had to assess every single island over the thousands that are in that whole region and just so like hey we need to go this one we need to go this one and this one and so that strategy behind it it was pretty impressive to see and ended up winning the war for us
0: that's neat that you have that connection with all that i mean i think it you know adding that story brings some authenticity to to each one mm-hmm. now do you get to go visit all these places where you're getting the coffee from
1: Pre-COVID, yes, uh, we had a couple. <laughs> we had a couple of trips planned last year and this year, and then obviously with um, some new restrictions coming in place, it hasn't been uh, coming to fruition. But we did do Brazil in 2019, which was amazing. Cool. Uh, and then so the next one's on our our, our plan is going to be Peru and then Bali. Um, and so the uh, the Bali one is our calmer pressure. Um, and it's one of those things where there's a lot of diving that goes on out there. There's a couple ships that are around the, that that island, and so you can do a lot of great diving there. But any diver knows that when you've got to stay calm under pressure. So if you increase your breathing, you know you're t- you might run out your tanks too quick, or you you know you might get flustered. So when you're especially when you're diving and you're on that mast, it's like, hey, stay calm, cool, and collected. Um, and then it just makes things a lot easier.
0: Well, if you need, if you need a a companion to go with you on any of these trips, just uh, let me know. Absolutely. No, it'd be be great. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) Bali is uh, definitely what I'm looking forward to. So yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, well, Eric, man, this has been so cool. I'm glad we got to, um, to come back again Mm. and just, and just see where we've been. I mean, it's been a year, but a lot of cool stuff has happened for you guys and I'm, I'm super pumped and glad that we were
1: able to connect and, uh, have a cup of coffee together. I love it. Thank you so much for coming down and visiting us and looking forward to the next time. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. If you have any questions about the guests on the show, please reach out to me at valoanguy.us.